Hello and welcome to Are We Gundam or Are We Isekai? The internet's best episode by episode Gundam Seed podcast that is now watching Gundam Build Divers because choices were made. My name is Jeremy. I'm a C-tier pet. I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. Again, because we get questions about it sometimes, we did stop in the middle of Destiny, and we will get back to it as soon as we are able. That moment, for some reason, seems further and further away to me every day. <laughs> when in reality, it is probably the opposite of that. But The future will be better tomorrow. That's what Dan Quayle said. <laughs> I don't know. The future seems to get pretty bad a lot of the time. Speaking of pretty bad, this week we watched episode 16 of <laughs> Gundam Build Divers, Friends Reunited, which I remember being a fun episode and watching this week to week, it was a great breath of fresh air, but watching it with a critical eye, it continues to just be more Build Divers. I like that that's the synopsis of this show is, well, it sure is Build Divers. My initial interpretation of this was... Yeah, I mean, it's got some decent Ayame bits in it, but for the most part, this is just filler. I mean, this whole show is filler. Buy all the place it's in toys, Zach. But this felt even more like filler. To be filler, I feel like it would need to be filling between some things, and that is not my feeling on the intent of this. It's really just the entire show is this pace. Yeah. So shall we just get into it? I don't see any reason to delay. I could pretend there are some but I don't really see a reason to. <laughs> we need to start diagnosing the obviously terminal condition of their new pet. I feel like he's just like, well, we'll get to them. The wiki page does not give Molly a gender, so I should not assume one. It's a mythical Pokemon, so it might not even have one. <laughs> it certainly doesn't have an A group. We will be watching episode 16, Friends Reunited. You can watch along if you have YouTube or Crunchyroll, but I don't advise that you do, because even though I remember this episode being one of the better ones, it is just build divers at the end of the day. And you should listen to our podcast instead. It's marginally less painful. As long as you don't have to edit it. So we begin right where we left off with this week. I guess one shopping trip later. One interaction with a... Uh, with an NPC later. Later. Where floating between Sarah's hands is her flying rabbit bird. And Sarah's like, I bought it. I love the shot of all of them looking at it because you have Ayame smack dab in the middle with like the sparkly and the googly eyes. But she has carefully positioned herself in the back so nobody will see that. Except Sarah who's staring right at her. We then flash back to Sarah seeing it in the shop and buying it. And Patrick Collisar is being bitten by a dog. Is that something that happens on occasion in the actual series? No, but I bet it would happen to him. <laughs> he seems like the type of guy he would get bitten by a dog. I believe this is a dog from Victory Gundam, though I could be wrong about that. Oh, the first time around on this thing, I didn't notice Birdie up there in the corner. I was just going to point that out as well. It's like the only non-generic thing in here, I guess, except for the weird samurai cat. It's a Gundam cat. It's got a Gundam V-funnel. The one that's right above the Gundam V-cat kind of looks like the cat, one of the cats that belongs to one of the Super Robot Wars characters. Yeah, I believe that is from a Gundam manga, but I'm not super familiar, so I don't want to say anything more. But anyway, like, so I was like, yeah, Sarah saw that was the only unique creature, and she was like, must have. I wonder, are there more than one of these? Can anybody buy one? It's like a rare recipe in WoW. It restocks every 12 to 48 hours. I was going to ask, actually, why there are empty cubicles in here, and that maybe makes sense. Cubbies. That's the right word for these. Sarah's face. I know, it's amazing. She's allowed to have character, just not speak. So the boys are like, is it a rabbit or a squirrel? And Koichi, a nerd, is like, I believe it is a carbuncle. As he pushes up his glasses. And Ayami, as soon as they all turn near her, goes into grump mode. I love that animation, too. Well, Ayami continues to be the best. 
Yes. I'm not sure if she's wasted in this series or if she'd actually just be kind of a mediocre character in a different series. I think it would depend on the series that you slotted her into. Yeah, she would be mid-tier in Build Fighters, I feel like. But also the characters in Build Fighters are very good. I was actually thinking she'd be mid-tier in Slime, but I think she might be closer to Top in Spider. But that's because Spider has very few characters. I think she's probably wasted here because if all the characters were as good as Ayame, I would not have negative feelings towards this series, certainly. I might even like it. Yeah, I mean, that is true. Like, Ayame is great, but there's nothing else really driving you to stick around, and that's one of the things that I've noticed the last couple of seasons. If I can find a character that I really like, like in, for instance, Spider, for a while it didn't seem like there was a plot going on, but I absolutely loved Komoko, so I stuck around. Frankly, if all the characters were as good as Sarah, this would be fine, right? Like, Sarah isn't wasted here. She would be very mediocre in another series, but rises to the top because nobody else has anything. I mean, Koichi, he did, but then all of his character has kind of been subsumed. I'm glad that after they kind of fixed Ayame's issues, her character didn't get subsumed into the gelatinous mass that is Riku. What's really a shame is Koichi hasn't had any sort of focus episode since, and none of the characters have, really, since he was introduced, and him continuing the battle with his weird depression might make for some interesting conflict. Whereas this is an Ayami focus episode, more or less. I was thinking the same thing on Koichi. Like, he's got some interesting issues when he's first introduced, but then it's like, play Build Divers. It fixes everything. The power of friendship and merchandising compels you. And I think on paper, in like the series Bible, the thing he has going on is he's friends with Sukasa, right? Who is sort of the villain, maybe, still? But he hasn't been around in a while, and we haven't really gotten any interior monologue on Koichi about how he feels about that, right? We got his confrontation with Sukasa, which was kind of something, but we have no idea how Koichi feels about it. Does that make him feel worse? Does that make him be like, oh man, I'm glad they found me and I'm not depressed like him anymore? Is he even still really consider himself friends with Tsukasa? We have no idea. So anyway, Riku decides if this pet who has more character than him has a name. And Sarah is like, yeah, it's Molly or Mall for short. Allow me to read from Mall's, it is Mall, not Molly's, page on the Gundam wiki. Mall, commonly known as Molly, is a pet who appears in the Gundam Build Diver series. An adorable carbuncle type NPD. Sarah fell for it the moment she saw it in the GBM pet shop, and it became the newest member, parenthesis question mark parenthesis, of Force Build Divers. <laughs> Skills and abilities. Maul possesses the abilities of levitation and size manipulation. That is the entirety of the article. Amazing. The real slot that it's maybe filling is role of team mascot, and it has to compete with Sarah for that, so... Well, it's just a spiral of equipment, right? She's like, oh, Riku equipped me. I will equip Maul. And then Maul will eventually get its own pet. <laughs> Can Maul talk? It was not clear to me whether it had sounds coming out of it. It seems to have Pokemon level ability to speak. Like it can kind of make noises and speak a little bit. It can say like one word at a time. Yeah, I don't think it like can clearly communicate. I bet Sarah speaks Maul though in the same way she speaks Gumpla. Is Maul just another type of Gunpla then, you think? Everything is Gunpla. Buy all of it. Buy all of reality and toys. That's capitalism. <laughs> so Molly performs tricks, specifically going in and out of Sarah's jewel, which Ayame continues to find adorable. She's about to die over here. But then as soon as Yuki turns around, she goes back into serious mode. She's such a good teenager. 
oh no, Ayame was the shitty teenager who they solved the problems of. And this is why the series is all boring. It's because she's become a decent human being now. <laughs> and Koichi's already passed that stage and the others haven't quite reached shitty teenager status yet. We needed a time skip to when Ruki's a moody teenager who just cares about Doritos and his ranking. Isn't that Re-Rise? Re-Rise is way more isekai. And it may surprise you to learn has a lot more furries in it. <laughs> Really, I'm mostly surprised at the lack of furries in this one. I think this one is still trying to pretend to be a Gundam series. So anyway, they're like, hey, we still got lots of money from last episode, right? What should we spend it all on? And Rika's like, I don't know, maybe like a private hangar? And Koichi's like, I would direct gate to Parisia, I guess, so I can just look at models all the time. That checks out. I mean, that does check out. And what about, he's like, what about you, I am? He's like, I'm fine. I don't want a super cute pet. I wasn't even thinking about it at all. Baka. It's close upon Mall. And apparently she, <laughs> she doesn't realize that Koichi is still looking at her because she goes into ador- adoration mode as Koichi is just like, yeah, I, I know what you actually want. Zach, you will notice his eyes are closed. And as soon as he opens them, she goes back to being Sundere. <laughs> that is amazing timing. She has just a sixth sense for this. She is a ninja. So Yuki's like, I want some nerd shit. And they point out, we have nowhere to put that. He's like, we could buy that too. And Momo's like, hey, I have the best idea. Because I'm almost a good character. If I had any screen time, I might be okay. And her entire idea is the opening. Dramatic cut. It's a cold opening, more or less. It's not bad. The only reason why it's decent is because of the fact that we get all the good Ayame in there. Yeah. Well, look, that's what I'm here for. And Maul is cute. It's not necessary, but it's cute. Now Sarah has an accessory. So when she's alone, she can have something to talk to about how she hopes Riki's okay or whatever. And they can respond with the sage advice of, Molly, Molly! I do wonder what Sarah spends all of her time doing. Like, we got a clip of her, like, singing to the ocean once. She hangs out in the lobby a lot. I feel like she's fine being on her own. Like, she obviously would prefer to be with someone else. But I feel like Sarah has a rich in her life. Well, she has to. She's spending all of her time hanging around with the build divers. So we cut back to the island, the island base, the Gundam base, where Mom was like, yeah, let's buy an island, guys. I saw it at the pet shop. I want to buy Sunrise Island. It's like, oh man, can you imagine the Athern and Kigali that could get together? The only difference it seems to be is that somebody built a hut. But other than that, it's Sunrise Island. Kigali and Athern made a little vacation home there to spend their anniversaries on. That would actually be legitimately adorable. Yeah, neither of them are. Actually, Athern is exactly romantic enough to do that. Well, yeah, I mean, because remember, he made all of Lacus's haros. Yes. I don't feel like he's construction-y enough to do that, but he could get Uncle Moo to help him. I I don't think that he would necessarily... His skills are all in technology, so he... Like, if they built a house or something like that, they'd probably have somebody else build, like, the actual house. I feel like a Moomaru and Waltfelt would have to do it. Dads, can you help me build a house? And then, of course, Atherin goes in and makes it a smart house. Yeah. We don't see him do this a whole lot, but bear with me. Hackthread? Not quite. Not quite anything? Not quite anything. He's not so much computer as he is uh, mechanical engineering. Yeah, Kira is the one who would, like, invent Jarvis. <laughs> yeah, yeah I-, I guess Kira would make it a smart house. Atherin would put in all the stuff that's like, put in the lights. Now I just want Kira and Lacus to be Iron Man's. Can we have that show? <laughs> oh, a Lacus Iron Man suit and, like, good pink highlights. Oh, and obviously oh. her Haro turns into it and surrounds her and... So Nanami, who is not like, oh man, Lacus and Kira should be Iron's man, is like, 
oh man, you can like renovate into your own island resort. And Mem was like, yes, this is a great idea. I mean, that's actually not a terrible idea because the way this thing seems to work, you could get people to pay you points for the game to come visit your island resort. Yeah, I'm surprised GBN land development isn't more of a hobby for people. Well, we know it is for at least one creepy old Dracula man. He doesn't develop it, though. He just collects it and then sells it off, as far as we know. He's an old man. He doesn't have Moo, Maru, and Waltfelt to build stuff <laughs> for him. He's a rich noble who buys land and is like, yes, compete for me, and I shall make Dane to bestow upon you this land. To be fair, he's willing to sell it to somebody who's under 80 years old, so I think he's fine with my book. So a bunch of young kids said, we want to buy your land, and he was like, cool, you will have to capture the flag for it, but... They did have the money, which helps. Sure. I guess in cash is a good motivator. Is this like EVE Online where you can sell in-game resources for real money? It depends on the TOS, right? I bet that Bandai would not allow that, but it does seem like there's interest in it, right? Yeah. Sharyar is certainly some rich asshole in real life who could buy a bunch of stuff with real money if you wanted. Sonatomy's like, hey, you should let me visit sometime. I'll make an account. I'm so excited to see your character. It looks so ridiculous. Koichi's like, it looks like things won't be so easy, though. I just received a message from the seller. I was about to say, why did Koichi get the message? But I guess it's one of those situations where Koichi is the adult. Yeah, he's team dad. Yeah, because Momo was like, dad, I want to buy this island. And he was like, okay, I guess I'll fill out the paperwork. You know, it might be one of those situations where you can buy land, but you have to be 18, which is why they went to Koichi. (laughs) That is such a dumb restriction. I love it. If you could sell it back or resell it type of thing, it might be one of those weird rules. The real question is, can you buy build coins with real money? Okay, from my experience, the answer is yes, obviously. So anyway, this old man is like, I am delighted that you are showing interest in buying my island. But you're not the only one. Some other force also did as well. I may use the money that you pay for my island to buy myself a nose. And so Nanami's like, who's this guy? And Koichi's like, oh, that's Dracula. He's a well-known field collector in GBN. Oh, I was going to say, my joke is they introduce him as Mr. Racula, but what they don't tell you is that he has a PhD. So he's actually Dr. Racula. (laughs) Oh my god, I feel so dumb. I didn't notice that. I never drink wine. It's the old... Uh, it's not called Dracula, is it? Movie with, I think it was Keanu, was it Keanu Reeves? Yeah, that one is Graham Stoker's Dracula, where Gary Oldman looks exactly like this man as Dracula. I am absolutely perplexed and surprised that you have seen that version of Dracula. I've seen that version of Dracula because people have talked about it on YouTube. Mainly there was a video on it, on a, uh, FMV game that they made for that, and so I saw shots from that. Gotcha. But yes, he looks exactly like Gary Oldman in that movie, which is to say, terrible. (laughs) Anyway, he's well known for collecting a bunch of land because he's super rich from uh, his ancestors. He's got a bunch of castles and stuff. And Yuki's like, yeah, some people in GBN just buy all the land up so that they'll have all the money and they can sell it to people. Because you don't have to be all into Gunpla to play this game. See, anybody can join. Even real estate moguls and vampires. It's like, as the owner, I'm authorized to choose who I'd sell to. But where's the fun in that? I require blood sport. I mean blood. (laughs) I mean sport (laughs) to see who I shall sell it to. I'll sell it to the winner of a battle. I'll notify you about the format later. Dracula out. So Yuki's like, man, it's super expensive, right? I wonder who else could possibly have the money. Yuki looks excited. Koichi just kind of looks tired, but that's normal. And Momo looks like super depressed. Yeah, well, she had this cool idea and now there's a problem. But Koichi, as the adult, is like, don't get discouraged. 
That doesn't mean we won't get it. Team speech. We've been through plenty of battles. I'm sure Riku's bullshit wings or something will help us win. Let's have confidence in that and win. And then we'll get to build a cool force nest on an island. Plus, there's an island in the opening we're all standing on, so I like our odds. I do like right after that, Nanami is like, you're such a cool dude. Giving this impassioned speech to a bunch of childs. And Koichi's like, don't patronize me. I already feel embarrassed enough about it as it is. <laughs> so cut into GBN. Ayame's here now as well as Sarah. And he's like, it's going to be capture the flag, guys. If you're a child watching this because you're our target audience and doesn't know what capture the flag is, here it is. Well, the thing is, he says it's like capture the flag. It's just capture the flag. Except you don't have to bring the flag back. Yeah, that is the only difference, is you don't have to return the flag. Kind of disappointing, because that's not really established earlier. And it seemed like a plenty of time for drama could have happened after that. But he's like, anyway, it's going to take place on the island that we're trying to buy. And our flags will each be in a random point. So we have to find the opponent's flag and take it. We get five each. We can use anything we carry. And traps. And Riku's like, is it like that one time we had a 5v5 battle? And he's like, yes, but it'll be different because of the flag and also we'll respawn. I mean, that is a very different set of battle rules because it's not one down out. It's constantly resetting until you win. Well, you have to have this that rule in a mode like this. Otherwise, the meta is just going to be take them all out. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that in some of the other ones that have objectives and it's one down out. It's like, yeah. What's, what do we do? Do we go for the objective? Of course not. Just kill them all. <laughs> Incidentally, do you like the foreshadowing in their little demonstration about how respawning works? I didn't notice it. It's not intentional, but Momo just gets beaten repeatedly. I think that might be intentional. In my head, I remember Momo, like the, the gag later that we'll get to that I think is actually really funny, where Momo gets taken out immediately to save someone else. I remember that happening like four times in this battle. It only happens once, but I remember every time she respawned, just being like, yeah, and she took a battle for just somebody else immediately. It's like one of the best jokes of this episode. Yep. So Koichi's like, all right, let's prepare. Everyone is like, let's get the island. Yeah. And they do the little cheer and Ayame is late on it. Because she's staring at Molly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, she's too good for this show. I love Ayame. I also really like that Sarah did a little fist pump instead of like the full arm thing. And so it goes into a preparation montage. They gotta sand their gunpla. They have to polish their gunpla, Jeremy. Don't you remember that from earlier in the series? I do. And Ayame sneaks away with Sarah so she can cuddle with Mal while no one is looking. Momoka's mobile suit seems to change whether or not it has thrusters depending on the episode. It wasn't flying. Yeah, it's never flown before. It does sometimes have thrusters, but it's never flown. I believe it flew out of the hangar at one point. No, it was on top of Koichi. Yeah, it's always been carried. Has it? I thought it flew out of the hangar at one point. I had the same thought, and there was a scene in this episode where I thought she was flying briefly, but she's still just being carried. It is not of the Flash and Super Friends situation where sometimes he can fly. So we cut to the island where Mr. Dracula is like, I am Dracula. Welcome to my <laughs> island. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. And Rika's like, uh, yeah, where? And he's like, I know, you're famous now and stuff. No one will stop talking about you. I don't understand it. And Maggie is here, too. Yeah, well, they were like, okay, yeah, well, we're bill divers. This is our mom, Maggie. Yeah, why did Maggie come to this? Because he's bored. He wanted to be Dracula. He's into vampires. That tracks. I think from the opening, he's into weasels. No, he's into one specific weasel. And so we find out their opponent is going to be Chat Noir Neo. And Ayame is like, what? But before they could ask for details, he a wild hero appears and glomps Ayame. And it's the two leaders from her old team. 
Battle Pope and Generic Girl. And the Bill Divers, in a shocking display of continuity, have not melt- met them and are like, who are these guys? And Ayami's like, oh, this is awkward. This is my mom and dad. My immediate thought was, she told Riku about this. Did she give him names during their whole thing earlier? Because apparently she was telling him about it. That's true. I don't know how much of that flashback Riku knows. I feel like just the gist. Like, I was on a team and they broke up. But also, he certainly wouldn't recognize them by look. That is true, although she did say their names. So if she gave him their names, then... And here I was like, oh, man, I'm sorry I quit back then, Ayame. I was just frustrated. And uh, Ayame's like, you were like six or something. He's still like six or something. I feel like Hiro is a girl, although I'm not sure. I don't know. I was certain she was in the flashback, and in this episode, I am not, uh, really unsure. I don't know that it matters. I guess I could ask the wiki. She is an energetic little Viking, yep. That is the only line on her wiki page. She's an energetic little Viking. I'm just like, I'm just glad you haven't quit GBN, a fate worth than death. It's like, I'm glad we got to face each other down again. This is going to be fun. I'm going to kick your little ass. So the Pope is like, Tara and Hawk wanted to see you too, but they don't have personalities, so they're not in this series. They're busy in real life, which I translated as they claimed they wanted to, but they're like, dude, I have a job. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Ayami's like, how did you guys get enough points for this? Like, yeah, won the lottery. We couldn't be asked to actually give an actual good explanation for it. So lottery was good enough. If there's anything I know about Japanese RPGs, it's gambling. (laughs) So apparently Hiro is now the actual leader of the team, whereas the previous leaders were like, dude, I ain't dealing with that shit this time around. Well, I definitely assume Hero made this force, probably sometime before the Build Divers were formed even, and then Cozy and Sue have recently rejoined now that they're playing again. That's always the assumption that's been in my head. Because of the character that's in the force, um, that's in Le Chat Noir, I think Hero formed them actually in response to the Build Divers. I think the girl became a fan later. Yeah, that's always how I've interpreted it as well, but I can't disprove your theory, Zach. I mean, either one makes sense. It's just because of how little she is. That's why I was thinking that maybe she'd been thinking about it. And then when the build divers showed up and started doing really well, she's like, oh, and it looks like Ayame is still playing. So I guess I'll form a force as well and, you know, go from there. So Ayami's like, are you guys fighting? And they're like, no, we're still noobs in this force, so we just get to observe. Like, yeah, those kids over there are fighting. And there's just one kid with, like, a wolf skin? Yeah, she's a wolf girl. Not, She's not a wolf girl. I, sh- I realize the number of furries in Tiger Wolf make that confusing. She is a girl who has clearly been raised by wolves and wears one as a pelt. What is that movie that, uh, I've never seen it. It's one of the, I think, Studio Ghibli movies? You're thinking of Princess Mononoke, probably. Yeah, maybe. That sounds right, but I'm really bad with most of those. Or Mononoke Himisama, if you want to gatekeep. So she's like, where where are my team? And they have snuck up on build divers in order to abuga-buga-buga them. And because Riku and Yuki are me, they jump in horror. And like, ah, oh, you guys must suck if you fell for a surprise attack of a child. It's a good thing that's just Riku and Yuki and they, that's the reaction, because I feel like in a lot of other situations, you do that to a lot of people and they turn around and punch you in the face. Anyway, there's also a voodoo child behind them, who they are even more scared of. Okay, with a voodoo child just appearing out of nowhere like that, I would probably jump too. So Wolf Girl has to big sister scold all the other kids. And he's like, come on, line up. Have you never played a soccer game before? You're supposed to line up and shake hands first. And so they go and introduce themselves. And then Voodoo Girl can't speak. So she just roars at them. Or gows, if you want to be gatekeeper. And Hero's like, and I, a Viking, lead these weird children. 
Don't ask me how. Nayami's like, yeah, but well, we have friendship, so we're not going to lose. And Dracula is like, yes, friendship. It makes the blood pump. It is delicious. Let the battle begin. So <laughs> as the earlier iteration, all of the little kids have SD Gundams. Except for heroes, they are all SD Gundams from actual series. Appeared in an SD Gundam series? No, appeared in a Gundam series. Okay. Shu has just an SD Gundam. Lip has a Sazabi. Ron has a new Gundam, although it is the double fin funnel type. And Voodoo Child has Sharzaku. And Rika's like, hey, Ayame, is this awkward for you? And she's like, no, I'm a ninja. I'm used to stabbing my friends in the back. And also, you're my friends now. I mean, loyalty or something. Technically, she's on their team now. If this was an... If- there was an announcer going on, there'd be talk about how this is the revenge match for Ayame. I really like that Ayame gets flustered having to reiterate her devotion to the build divers. This is one of the things that annoys me. So before this, we get a showing of like all of the kids, and they announce what their Gundams are, which, fine, they're new characters, I understand. But then they go through the build divers as they announce all of their mobile suits. It's like, we've been here, we know what these guys are driving. <laughs> Yeah, it was not really necessary. I understand why they do it as far as a cut goes in a parallel, but I totally agree. It just ends up taking way too much time. Like, we need the fast version of this. But they all take off, and the battle is begun. And like, first, we need to find their flag. Riku and Ayame, you go first, because that's always what we do. Momo, you hide underwater. Yuki, snipe. If you want to have Yuki constantly sniping like that, which is one of the things his mobile suit is good at, repaint that some bitch or get him some camo netting. <laughs> Yeah, bright orange is arguably not a great color to be sniping in. Yeah, I figure like Ayame should have like camo capsules, like th- just throw a net on him. Or equip it so that it has like camo netting or something like that. But I don't think the series like actually is thinking about something like that. Whereas I am along the lines of I think that would be cool. Only the Rommel team does camo, Zach. It's their special ability. Oh man, I the way they've animated it, Koichi's Gibaldi, God, it looks really bad. This is what it always looks like to me. It's so stout. I don't like it. We've had this conversation before. Well, the way it's animated here makes it look dwarfish and stumpy, whereas most of the other times I feel like it was animated as much taller. Yeah, definitely the debut episode. So Koichi's on defense with Yuki to back him up while Riko and Ayame are on offense. And Koichi's like, I'll support you if I need to. I mean, it makes sense since he does have that artillery cannon. And he's not exactly quick, which on the other hand, not exactly great to have the dude who's supposed to move up and support people in the slowest machine you have. But having the slow machine on defense does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Speaking of fast and slow machines, one of the SD Gundams gets right by Riku, and as he turns to intercept, he is stopped by the Sharzaku, which is very fast. Three times faster than a typical Sharzaku. And so apparently one machine got past him, and so Yuki's like, I'ma shoot it. I'ma miss. But it dodges Yuki as well. He, he dodged him initially by listing lazily to the left. It's a good move. I really like that it's carrying an SG bazooka, the best possible weapon for it to have. I do like how Yuki initially is like, it's fast and it's hard to hit. And immediately Koichi's like, dude, fucking move. I understand why this is here. I feel like them, well, I guess never mind. They did not know they were going up against this. But I feel like Ayame should have been like, hey, SD Gundams are fast and hard to hit. I am an expert at them and know this in that sequence where they were all launching. And she was reaffirming her friendship. But yes, Koichi's like, move, they probably know where you are. And this is confirmed by missiles. You're sniping. You should know how this works. You fire and then relocate. The twist is that Yuki's actually a terrible sniper, which is why he's not been as effective as Riku. He's just piloting the Ron suit for him. So apparently Yuki, instead of piloting the 
the Gen 3 should be driving the heavy arms, because fuck sniping, I'll just I'll hit you with volume of fire. So Hero sneak attacks Ayame. He's like, hey, did I surprise you? Did I? Did I? Did I, big sis? I will say that the SD Gundams do not animate in sword fight particularly well because of how stumpy they are. That's the reason yeah. that Goku grew up in Dragon Ball. Toriyama was tired of having a little kid punch people. He was like, it's so hard to draw. And then he proceeded to have Gohan. Well, that was a compromise. He wanted to make Goku older, and his editor was like, no, the merchandise. And Toriyama's like, I'm going um, on vacation in America. Here are the chapters for the next four weeks. Bye. You won't be able to reach me in America. Every story <laughs> I hear about Toriyama makes me laugh. Yes, it's because he's a gag manga guy who was forced to write a serious fighting anime. So he turned his life into a gag manga while he did it. <laughs> and is yet somehow still successful. Thank you for my life, Toriyama-sensei, and or it's your fault, Toriyama-sensei. So speaking of, we cut to the observers. Apparently, Battle Pope and Sue don't want to sit down, but Maggie, Sarah, and Dracula are. No, see, the reason why Battle Pope and Sue aren't sitting down is because there's only one remaining chair, and the game doesn't handle sitting on laps very well. I was going to say they're very Japanese and proper, and they don't want the public display of affection. Whereas Dracula, a vampire, is all about the cardinal pleasures, and he's like, no, this is on purpose. Obviously, this is what you want. And it is important to note also, Sarah is not riding along this time. <laughs> no, that would be cheating, question mark? Maybe she just wanted a day off from Riku's cockpit. Yeah, I have no idea what the logic behind Sarah sitting with Riku and or just watching is. Maybe she just likes hanging out with Maggie, because every time she's on her own, she's with Maggie. That's true. Yeah, and she, I guess she does hang around with the Bill Divers a lot, having the opportunity to hang around with Maggie instead. I really like the idea that Twist, Riku, is actually, like, her fifth best friend. <laughs> It'd be so good. Oh, yeah, these are all the other forces I'm members of. <laughs> no, it's like, so who's your best friend? Maggie, Ayame, Momoka, Koichi. Like, Yuki is the only person on the team that she doesn't like better than Riku. Would be hilarious. She doesn't know Yuki's name. <laughs> you know, the kid with the hat. Yeah, you've seen him, right? He drives the orange one, and she's describing yuki while talking to yuki <laughs> anyway because this is the most saccharine show of all time sarah's like yeah the other team is great battle pope is like yeah they're as light as they can without compromising armor strength like they're even better at sd gundams than we were what that sounds like is yeah we just decided to bend all the rules because usually you have to sacrifice one thing but then my immediate like my brain immediately kicked into the other side of things with the russian badger a line of, I only need to hit you once, Dex nerd. So anyway, Dracula is like, yeah, after seeing the two forces, I figured this was the only way to make a fair competition. Meaning Dracula plays the game me and my brother used to play on road trips, where we propose a fight between two comic book characters, but then try to create a contest in which there's no way for you to determine who would win. <laughs> like, who would win in a fight between Superman and Goku at a cooking contest? Oh, that is a really good road trip game. Obviously Superman. He cooks for Lois. He's romantic as hell. You know that. Goku ain't never cooked for Chi-Chi. Goku has never cooked ever, as far as I'm aware. Uh, no, he's roasted a fish. Certainly he has cooked meat over his fire. Yes, that. That is the closest that Goku has ever gotten to cooking. Unless he secretly has switched out with that dude from, is it Toriko? Toriko is the one you're thinking of. Who looks like Goku, but is a cooking manga? No, he's like, Bill Diver says high firepower, but Shat or Neo has high mobility. So this is a proper competition. I actually, I, I think he might be off there because Build Divers is actually more about balance. They do have high firepower, but they also have pretty high mobility with the Zeromaru and Riku's 00 Sky. 
Yeah, and Memek is all about defense and cuteness, more importantly. Well, and then you have the juggernaut that is Koichi's mobile suit and the long-range firepower of Yuki's. So it's like, they have high firepower. They have high, more of like average everything. It's not like you have a a set of four heavy arms against a bunch of SD Gundams. They seem like they'd actually be a hard team to fight against. Like, they seem to cover a lot of... The build divers? Possible positions. Yeah. Yeah, like, it seems like they have a pretty good balance. I wasn't trying to sound like having a balanced team is wrong. It's just the way he phrases it here seems a little weird. I can believe it comparatively, like probably compared to the Chat Noir, they're probably very heavily armed. Yeah. And Dracula is like, yes, as the seller, it is my right to make them fight for the right to purchase this. So Hero slashes into Ayame, but she does ninja tricks and she actually just sliced into a bomb and explodes. And that's the reset. Although one of the things that I do find kind of amusing is that when the SD Gundams go back to the uh, spawn platform, on platform, thank you, their eyes are X'd out. <laughs> yes, it's very cute. Yeah, it's really adorable. So the final SD Gundams decide that they will take on Ayame. And she's like, oh, I can't take two at once. Wait, hang on. She says, I can't take two at once. She has the funnel seizing system against yes. two f- funnel using Gundam. Yes. I look at that and it's like, couldn't you just be like, I can't take two at once like this, but all I have to do is steal their funnels. Yeah, this should be a you've activated my trap card situation. But they want to make it a like seem more close of a fight. Because right there, like that should end right then and there. It's like, all right, activate my NTD system. Does that ever come up again this series? I don't remember. So uh, maybe not. So Momo's sitting at the bottom of the ocean, bored. And she's like, this must be my chance for a sneak attack. Though immediately when she gets on the beach and there are mines. Yeah, she just jumps into mines. Remember how you're super famous and we've watched all your battles? We saw what you did to the Rommel team. I was going to say, like, apparently they were able to do their homework on who they were going up against. But I would also believe that Dracula told them that's who their opponents was going to be. Could be. Also, we also know that from later in the episode, one of them is a super fan. So they maybe didn't need to do any research. Maybe she's always showing them YouTube videos and they're like, God damn it, we've watched this six times. <laughs> that is fair. I do like how two of the SD Gundams turn around. It's like, oh yeah, she fell for it looking at the mushroom cloud. So the SD Gundam managed to take out Yuki, but got got by Koichi, but he did find the flag. And they're like, they only got one on defense. Let's go. And Koichi's like, Riku, what you up to? Riku's found their flag. He's like, no enemies nearby. I'm going in. And then there's the Sharzaku, which just appears wherever he is. This is another one of those things that because you don't have to return the flag, I, I feel like the best option here is literally just raise the sword as a shield and just bull through them to grab the flag. Yes. I assumed at this point you would have to return it, so. Yeah. I did two because that's how capture the flag normally works. This is just a get to the place. This is just seize the ground. And the Sharzaki was able to hold them off long enough that the other two respawn, and they respawn right next to the flag, which tracks. And now it's three on one. Meanwhile, Momo and Yuki are trying to respawn. Momo's like, man, I haven't done anything this entire battle. And Yuki's like, calm down. We'll get a chance. Uh, the new Gundam's like, if I take that down, no one will be guarding the flag. And I've got a bazooka, so this is going to be great. And Momo's like, yeah, I respawned. Momoka respawns into the rocket right back in the action. God, I remember COD. I hated when that shit happened. And it happened way more often than I than you would expect. Momoka also hates it. But Koichi's like, hey, good block. Yeah, but you saved me. 
we've alluded to it before, probably the funniest bit in the episode. Like I said, in my memory, this happens like three times in this battle. Well, it's because every time Momoka shows up in the montage we're about to get, she's getting her shit pushed in. Just not that exact way every time. Cut to Maggie so that we can go to montage. And we're basically seeing them all trading off, getting knocked out, and coming back. Especially when they end up in disadvantaged situations. I love how many traps Momo falls for. Momo ends up in a lot of traps. Although this is another one of those that I, I had that thought of. With them all going with full court press, you could easily sneak the Zero Maru with its, you know, stealth and cloaking thing that it has. Or Momoka's... Momoka pull through the water to just pop up and go grab it while they're all standing next to their flag. I assume Momo has been trying, and that's why she keeps falling in traps. I mean, that makes sense. And Ayame, it's probably a matter of, oh, we need defense, and she's one of our best pilots. Anyway, the triangles that represent La Chat Noir are pushing in more easily, and the build divers are in a last stand formation, as they all just uh, five by five shooting each other like it's ARAM. <laughs> I do feel like this is another one of those things where it's like they have high mobility. So at the final press, they're just standing there shooting at each other. Doesn't seem like they're using their abilities to their advantage. I guess they are just some kids. They're not using their immortality to their advantage. Exactly. But Ron is like, come on, leader, let's do it. And leader's like, yeah, this is the perfect situation for it. I don't know when else we would ever be able to. This is another one of those, like, it's a trope, obviously. But Reek is like, they stopped attacking. Why? And it's like... Yeah, they stopped attacking. Why did you? Presumably this is almost instant. Him and Koichi are standing there when he says they I stopped know. firing. And they also stopped firing. So they get high. Was it on podcast that I mentioned the other series that actually has the little timer in the corner? It was, but I cut it. Whenever I see a uh, transformation, I now think of that series that has that little timer in the corner to show you how much real time actually occurred during the transformation sequence. So anyway, they Megazord it and they become the Super Shock Gundam. And then they combine all their weapons, like a Sentai team, into a Super Sentai weapon, which is pretty rad. Meanwhile, the Build Divers do the most intelligent thing you could do in a situation where they're all in one spot. Stand there and watch. Yep, as they're about to get mega cannoned. And Riku's like, I'm up. I'll block it with my bullshit powers. And everybody's like, wait, they can do that? It was not established until right this moment that that happened. From what we know about the special moves, at least with Tiger Wolves, and I guess Shariar's, they're pure offensive. Like, they do one thing. Apparently, Riku's does more than one thing. Anyway, Riku blocks for them, but their armor is too strong. It's five times the value, because Megazord's rule. And they're like, we'll just shoot you again. And it destroys their front line, which is Yuki and Koichi. I feel like Yuki has the wrong position. I don't think he understands that sniping does not happen in the front line. You do not want to play front line AD carry. That is usually a bad idea. So Momo's like, well, we can't escape it, so let's use our secret trading from last episode, Riku. Remember how that didn't pay off last episode? Let's have it now. I do like how she says that, and Riku's immediate reaction is, oh dear god, no. So IMA charges and transforms. But hers at least seems to be on, like, the faster sequence. From what we saw the first time she transformed. It's still a little long, but yeah. I also think this is the perfect episode to have Ayame's transformation be important and do something. Like, because they're fighting a bunch of SD Gundams, they could comment on the differences between the two. Or, you know, use the NTD system again, because that's a cool system. So anyway, she blocks the shot, transformed. Momo and Riku charge. Momo deploys her... Escape pod? <laughs> yes. And Riku soccers it. It's Transam Infinity, your friend is the ball, is the name of the attack. Well, it's the infinity shot. Momo just says your friend is the ball, which is literally true in this case. Didn't we see in the last episode that Riku, like that kick can actually deflect beams? 
of we did particularly powerful magnitude since he blocked that space station laser. I don't think he blocked the space station laser with it. I think that was just like smaller lasers from the space station. No, he blocks the space station laser. This time he instead opts to kick a small sphere into a large gun, which conveniently splits them all and defeats them because soccer is the most powerful move in Gundam. Also, Momoko's flying. Momoko's super dizzy as she lands. Like she did not think this out. They never practiced this in GPN. They just played soccer. <laughs> and so Riku and Ayame are like hard charging for the flag. And is it just me or did the Double O Sky and her Zeromaru look off model in the shot of them running for the flag? The Sky definitely did. It definitely looks like the B team animated this. Okay, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't just me. And they're like, okay, we'll redeploy and then it'll be 2v5 and then we can get our momentum back. They're like, hurry, Rika and Ayame, you have to get there before they respawn. I mean, it makes sense that those two aren't even going to try because they wouldn't arrive in time to be of any help anyway. Yeah. But Momoka gets up. The five go after Riku and Ayame. Uh, yeah, and Momo is right next to the flag in her little escape pod and just picks it up. And apparently that's all you need to do because when her build divers. I will admit that made me kind of laugh because... It's good comedic timing. It is super good comedic timing, like you said, because like there's charging out for the super big dramatic thing and i'm like they've got to set something up with momoka landing they didn't show where she landed exactly but it's like they have to have done something with that because of like what else would you do especially since they'd set the entire episode up of her not doing anything yeah so ayami's like hey hero my teammates are pretty good actually even our worst member cut to watermelon being smashed because it's time to celebrate buying an island and dracula's like oh that battle was a joy to watch i have this orange juice that is not blood being crypt by my hand with these giant nail claws. Ignore it. <laughs> we need to do this again sometime because blood sport. We do have to point out we've been making fun of him being Dracula for the name. He does, in fact, have giant nail claws, and that's hilarious. And like Zach said, this is what Gary Oldman looks like in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, like, go look at it. The hair color is a little different. Obviously, he's not wearing sunglasses in the parts that I'm familiar with when he looks like this. But he looks very, very similar to this. Oh, that hair is terrible. Did yes. you just look yes, it up, it Tyler? <laughs> yes, I did. See, I'm, we're not kidding. It, he looks like that. I think this old man may actually look worse. Well, yeah, he looks older. That movie was 20 years ago, Tyler. So he's like, now as promised, I will sell you the island. And Rika's like, thanks. And Lop, the wolf girl's like, hey, now's your chance to talk to them. So the scary voodoo girl takes off her mask and they're like, oh, little girl, how could we predict this? And then we get the reveal of that she's a really big fan of the build divers. And she's just shy. And getting the opportunity to fight her heroes is a big thing for her. Yeah. She's like, will you shake my hand? And I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm surprised that she thought Riku would say anything otherwise since he doesn't seem to have any, like, he talks to everybody and doesn't seem to have a particularly nasty streak yeah i assume she just watched vods of him though so she doesn't know anything about him personally yeah and i guess not everybody is like him where he was like i met the champion then immediately made friends with him and because this series is the most saccharine thing here is like we are great too and ayami's like yes we are all great but lips like oh but now we will only get to meet when we fight each other to the death it's not like we can hang out at nice bear guy festivals because yeah. those don't exist in this game is there any way we can hang out outside of battles and i'm like he literally hangs out with Tiger Wolf, the champion, and Maggie on a regular basis. So, yes? And Maggie's like, you guys should form an alliance. It's like a group of forces. It's super cool. Then we get an explanation for what alliances are. 
I like how one of the things is you can always have friendly battles. Like, you know, the one that we just had. He's like, yeah, otherwise you're not allowed to be friends at all. You must only have intense battles. You must be stakes or you will be punished. <laughs> also, you can raid together. See if Nefarian drops his head. They say this season's a last event, which is a little weird. Yes. So a little, because like, we'll be able to see each other again, right? It's like, did you miss the part about me literally hanging out with Maggie on a regular basis? Like, yeah, we allied with a bunch of little kids, and Koichi is like, this is just my life now. <laughs> and Battle Pope is like, you get used to it. And Hero's like, I want to not make the mistakes that the Battle Pope did on our force, because that was awful. So thanks, Ayame. <laughs> and he's like, I'm right here. It flashes over to the two, like, Spartan-looking kids, and apparently Molly is just hating on these kids. So they celebrate, they cheers, they come pie, and that's the end of the episode. But wait, there's more. It was so necessary for this five seconds to exist. Yes, incredibly necessary. They want to make sure you don't forget that whatever the hell this is is still a thing. There might still be a plot. Remember, there's a bird, and it's looking at a lightning cave. And that's the end of the episode. Talking about it was fun. I was afraid I was going to really rip it apart when we talked about it, and I remember it being fun. But that wasn't really the case. I mean, talking about it was fun. Definitely improved my mood. I, I kind of started this in a kind of a foul mood today. But I think to some extent to also capture the flag is just such a fun subject conceptually. It's a good game mode. There's a reason they put it in everything. And again, it's kind of an Ayami focus. We don't get a lot from her, really. But she is the best character. And she gets a lot of good stuff before that anyway. That she could have had in a non-focused episode. So do you have a high point, Tyler? I'm going to say specifically the montage where Momo keeps getting messed up by falling into traps. It's a good joke. Checks out. Zach, do you have a high point? Can I say Ayame? You should specify, but yes, you can. I think I have to go with Ayame's reaction to the new pet because, like, that is adorable. Since you took that one, I'm going to go with Momo's victory and how she just, like, casually picks up the flag off screen. It's good comedic timing. Also a good joke. Do you have a low point, Tyler? I'm going to go with the abomination that is their combining Gundam because it's still horrifying and the design is awful even if the concept is cool. I don't know how you get a combining SD Gundam that's better than that. It's just about as terrifying as the Gundam that included all their pieces. Zach, do you have a low point? I think I have to go with all the wasted time in this episode because you've got the Bill Divers announcing their names and mobile suits when they launch. I'm not including the kids because we haven't really met them yet, so that's that's kind of okay. But then you have the two different transformation sequences in quick succession with each other. You have the scouting montage, which like arguably doesn't add anything. When they're going over the plan, I think is more of what you're what you're talking about. It's kind of pulling double duty because they have the scouting thing as well as Koichi basically saying, Here's our game plan, which is fine because it sets up the well, in theory, sets up the expectation and impression of where everybody is in relation to everybody else during that first portion of that. I do have an honorable mention that I personally think, but uh, Jeremy, what's yours? I'm going to go with how long the like battle introduction is, like how long the launch sequences are on both of them, how long the whole like pre-meeting sequence is. It's important for Ayame that she knows that Lachette Noir Neo is their opponent. And I like the reuniting of her and Hero, but like the boys scaring them doesn't add anything really. They also announce themselves when they launch. So they them introducing themselves at the beginning 
doesn't really add anything in addition. I think that's the better scene than the launch sequence. The problem is you need a transition from that to the battle, but the launch sequence is just so long. What is your runner-up, Zach? My runner-up was actually the fact that, barring that one bit at the very end, Momoka never gets to do anything but be a set of jokes in this episode when you could actually do something with that if you wanted to but they just decided not to yeah like she hasn't done anything and you could do like give her a moment in spotlight that isn't just a gag while i agree with you the thing is that's true of all of the characters right except ayame which is why we like her yeah but this episode really emphasized it because she was just a comedic relief and an episode that didn't really need it Do we want to add something to our mobile suit list? Do we want to add the Super Shock Gundam, or do you guys want to disqualify it because you don't like it? Well, I mean, we didn't disqualify the Impulse Gundam because I detest it. I was going to say, mostly I'm just not a huge fan of the SD models, except for Ayame's, and only because it transforms and is a ninja. The others are just, like, so generic to me, I don't even care. I'm not a fan of the SD stylings. Uh, like specifically the the SD Gundam like series because obviously Super Robot Wars and uh, SD Gundam Generation Crossways uses a similar styling. It's not the way they do it in in the series, if you know what I mean. If, if I'm making any sense. So do we want to put it on or no? I'm willing to go either way. I have no preference. The the Super Shock Gundam? It makes more sense to me than the Shock Gundam, although we could do the Shock Gundam instead if you wanted. No, I was just making sure. I do not have a preference. If you think we should add it, I do not care. I, I don't think we should or should not either way. See, I feel like we should, but my dinner is here, so I want this episode <laughs> to end quickly, is where I'm at. So I was trying to make one of you decide. Does it appear elsewhere? No, it doesn't appear. Uh, actually, it might. It might appear again. It does not appear in any other series. We could put it on the back burner and add it later, if you want. Okay, we can do that, so I can go eat dinner. Yeah. Was this Isekai or was this Gundam, Tyler? This one was Isekai, because they're trying to buy an in-game island to live on. So, yeah, the real estate. Zach? I think I have to go with this is Gundam, because number one, that's a Sunrise Island. And number two, it's a person's past coming back. Normally, it would be like, that's the kind of thing that you see, like, as the final moment for a character like redeeming themselves at the end of a series like that'd be the denouement but still like that that is a a gundam thing in my opinion all right i'm gonna go eat bye Counter-terrorists win. That is a terrible impression of that.